0: Good
1: afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next hour of local business entertainment and personality. I have a very interesting guest in the studio today with me that's going to enlighten us on some of the more latest happenings with, well, we got a few interesting topics. In my quest to educate you as to the other side of the news as far as things you may not be hearing on your CNN visits during the day. I've brought a very interesting article that I enjoyed. It's from a, well, it's from my favorite news feed website called zerohedge.com. And this actual article is written by a website called Global Intel Hub. I have no reason to believe this is not true. I cannot verify that everything's true, but I want to share this with you. Just so you see the other side of the story, when I talk to you about how markets are fake, uh, it's always nice for me to back it up with at least some sort of information that we can chew on a little bit. I'm just going to read some of this article because it's very interesting. The title of this article, it's dated the 12th of January. It's called Classified, The Most Powerful Investor You Never Heard Of. And it starts off here. Did you know that the CIA has its own venture fund? And did you know that venture fund was key in starting Facebook and Google? As explained in the book, Splitting Pennies, the world is not as it seems. For many readers, especially on Zero Hedge, this comes as no surprise, as you are well aware of the octopus that wraps its tentacles around the globe. But it may surprise you how active in q is, that's I-N-Q-T-E-L, and how chummy they are with the rest of the uh, VC community, which is the venture capital community. It's as if they are just another VC, but with another purpose. Let's look at some of the stars. And then it starts just kind of giving a little bit of list. I'm going to read on a little bit. And It says, if you dig back, you won't see Google or Facebook. This has a list of some companies they've recently funded in 2017. If you dig back, you won't see Google or Facebook on there, which is company policy for retail consumer investments that can impact the public. Here's how it works InQtel may invest in your startup, but there's a big catch. First, you have to sign an NDA, which is a non disclosure agreement, which is enforced strongly that you are not to disclose your partner. Second, you must agree to cooperation when it comes to information sharing now or down the road such as location data on people using Facebook, Google, or other systems, perhaps only to feed into a big data brain, or perhaps for more street-level surveillance. The surveillance is known by fact, not conspiracy theory, but by fact due to the the disclosure of classified documents by Edward Snowden. If it were not for Snowden, we could only guess about this. The name of the main program is PRISM, PRISM, but there are many others. For those in the VC community that are deep in the know, the Snowden revelations would come as no surprise. But for others, it may come as a surprise that not only the CIA has its own venture capital fund, but that it sits on many corporate boards alongside many Wall Street firms and other venture capitalists. And of course, they always do well. Let's consider the doors they opened for Google, where in the case of Google, it was more like doors that were closed. Google was not the best search engine. It was not superior technology. It wasn't even really very good. It just became a monopoly and crushed the competition. Many wonder how they were able to do it and that this is part of the entrepreneur magic that few have. Well, we can say in the case of Google, there was no magic. They had a helping hand from a friend in the deep shadows. Google wanted to become huge. The CIA wants information. They always do. So we don't use the past tense wanted. So it was a cozy and rational partnership. In exchange for making the right handshakes at the right time, allowing Google to become a global behemoth, all they needed to do was share a little information about users, actually a lot of information. So I won't go on any further. You can look that article up. It's called Classified, the Most Powerful Investor You Never Heard Of. And I wanted to share that with you because I tell you all the time that markets are fake, so I just wanted to back that up a little bit today and and give you a little more... Uh, a little more food for thought for the the other side of your brain. Whichever, whichever your side of the brain works best from, this is for the other side. Now, I promised you a very intelligent and interesting guest. He's always got a lot of good information. His name is Scott Hubbard. He's a local attorney who's got his finger on the pulse of local business. How are you today, Scott?
0: Finger on the pulse of local business. Huh? That's right. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay. I was
0: just... I'm surprised you can hear me talk so deep in your bunker. Do you really think the CIA has you know is picking winners and losers in the market?
1: I don't I don't have time to verify all these facts. I just have to go with my gut feeling, and I've been telling my listeners for a long time that things are not as they seem.
0: Your gut, is that where you keep your brains? <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: it it is when you're here. Okay, here's <laughs> okay. the deal.
0: China is has more money than god they're exporting tons of product it's the the government of the government of china is the one that uh controls their economy if they wanted to pick a winner a loser they could crush anyone i don't care if the cia has their backing they
1: might be involved
0: <sighs> Yeah, I guess they might be. <laughs> you know, I guess that's you, the thing about you conspiracy. You just theories. never know. That's right. You it sure could go. Knows. It could go anywhere. That's right. So how you been? Pretty good. How you doing? Ah, oh, it has been a, it's been a fun three months since I last appeared on your show. That's right.
1: And I guess uh, being a local uh, attorney firm helping a lot of people, are you kind of getting involved in the whole paradise and campfire situations up there? Is there things going on? What Paradise Campfire? Oh, come on. <laughs> Surely you've seen it in the paper. <laughs> I got evacuated. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh,
0: we had a... Um, <laughs> the um, the um, fire came, believe it or not, the fire came right down to my neighbor's house. Wow. And burnt my neighbor's house down. Wow. And a lot of other people's house are um, are uh, were real close, and it was not if it wasn't for the hard work of those of those volunteer of those firefighters, the damage would have been so much more worse. But we live lower Skyway, right? And uh, you know, after the fire, you drive up there. We were evacuated for ten days, and I haven't lived with my father for the better part of um, twenty five years. And you forget what it's like living with your parents. And then the night of the fire, uh, the fire came up. We left. 705. And we left when we could see the flames coming on wow. the other side of Skyway. And, you know, you hear stories about the people coming down from Paradise because when we left, it was, it was late in the evening. And you hear the stories from the people who came down from Paradise during the uh, during the uh, fire. And you just think, you know, okay, it was just a little bit of flames. You know, how bad was it? You know, when you're standing there and you feel the heat and the winds coming and the... Um, and you see the fire, then you then all of a sudden you realize what they're talking about, and it's an emotional gut check. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. So my family and I, uh, we fled at seven something, evacuated at seven something, and I just remember, after my kids got settled at my parents' house or my father's house, my brother and I drove back to as close as we could get before the police stopped people at Honey Run, and I just looked over the horizon and I saw this red glow and i just knew my house was getting burned to the ground wow you know and when you leave your house not knowing whether or not it's going to be standing again when you get back that's a pretty scary thought that sounds nerve-wracking that's when you just dis- that's when you discover what's truly important and for some people it's their their three kids two cats and a hamster right you know? and right. and that's you know you've got 5 sec 5 minutes to leave what's important to you now we had you know 15 hours to 12 it's hours, a kind to, of
1: plant semi plant, you know, right, to load right. up
0: things. So, we were in a lot better position than most. But for the people who didn't have it, it was, um, you know, it was harrowing. I got just a small taste of it, and it was, I'll never forget that till the day I die.
1: I talked to a couple people who actually were in that lineup down the skyway with flames 100 feet high my, on both sides. My
0: uncle was one of them. You wow, know, he, oh, he was, um. He he drove through flames. He came through, and he obviously has to pass my house when you're driving down Skyway. And so he pulled in to to talk with my wife. And he was shell shocked. He's all, you know, we got to get going. We got to get going. You know, she said, oh, Grant, we're fine here. No, we have to get going. He drove through it. I he was he had flames on both sides.
1: So, is there going to be some? I mean, I've read about this somewhat, but uh, you're actually in the law field professionally. There's going to be lawsuits for like emotional distress.
0: There's going to be lawsuits till the cows come home. I mean, that's the that's the. I guess the lingering the ling smoke smells bad, but not as bad as some of the ads that came through
1: afterwards. (laughs) You know,
0: some of those, some of those, that was probably after the shock, the initial shock wore off when the shysters started coming out.
1: And they're even like from the Bay Area and they're from everywhere, right?
0: You know, yeah. Where they just want to get as many clients as they can. You know, lawyers know, doctors know who the good doctors are. Lawyers know who the good lawyers are. And so, you know, I see some ads and I think to myself, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing, you know, and- real tasteful this person knows what they're doing i've seen their work over the last decades and so you think this is someone because i'm i'm a trial lawyer i mean i i do appeals too actually primarily appeals but i do trials and you know who's down at the courtroom you know who's got the the chops to fight and you know the people who just roll over and settle and get whatever they can no right. names no names today. Right. But, uh, you know, and you look at some of those those cases or some of those ads, and you just think to yourself, oh, I want to stand on a soapbox and just scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> right. You know, don't do it. Don't do it. And if it's not the lawyers going after you, it's the insurance companies. I mean, right. we... Um, my uncle's house survived, which is ironic, because he lived in off of Watsonville in Paradise. And so he... Um, Uh, The house literally, the fire literally went around his house. And, um, uh, you know, not a scratch on it, not a burn on it. He was like one of the lucky ones. You hear the stories and you drive up there and there's this house just covered in um, or surrounded by destruction and black and molten steel. And there's this house just fine. Everything smells like smoke. Right.
1: Right. um, Well, he, he was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. So what would you recommend to people who, most people have pretty good insurance. And most of my clients that I've talked with, especially when it was their residence that went up, not necessarily like a rental or an apartment, they're being well compensated. So I don't think they're going to have a lot of reasons to sue anyone, but what would you say? Would, Would there still be some, I guess if you did have the emotional distress, you could join up with one of these. Is there like a, Um, what's the ones where everybody joins together? Class action. Is there a class action going on?
0: Can't do class actions against PG&E because as a general rule, you can't do class actions where the individuals damage, boy, this microphone, sorry. Uh, uh, We like to look at each other. (laughs) These, uh, uh, where you have individualized damages. Like for example, if someone bought, if if. A group of people buy a product and they didn't get a discount that they were promised. Well, the group of people, it's easy to calculate how much money is they right. And they're they're, they would be a class. Right. Now, here you have a, tens of thousands of people who uh, have individuals. Some people lost their house. Some people lost a car. Some people lost family members. Some people stressed out. Antiques. Mm-hmm. And so you can't do a class action because the damages are individualized. That's a... That's the big problem with pg e So everything has to be sued individually, or all the in lawsuits have to be individual. But the also the flip side is now they're talking about pg e declaring bankruptcy, which is going to be a really a really big deal. I mean, uh, lawsuits these these people are unsecured creditors now. But
1: I also just read that there was a bailout. Signed in September, based on the Santa Rosa fires, that was a backstop through the state of California. Have you heard about that?
0: I have, and the way everyone's talking, it's not going to be enough. It's not really going to do the job. Yeah, because memory serves of the last figures I saw uh, when they said that uh, Paradise was the most damaging uh, wildfire in the world last year. Uh, I seem to recall that the damages were 16 Billion dollars. Right now, insurance covers for twelve billion of that. Right, that still means PG and E is going to have to come up with four billion dollars just for the campfire, and that's not counting the car fire. The what was it, Santa Rosa? Right, fire. they've had all the other ones. You know.
1: Now, isn't it the case though if it's criminal type negligence, are they going to get like gross negligence to where bankruptcy doesn't cover things?
0: Memory serves, and you you took. I took the same courses as you. (laughs) You (laughs) 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 I just didn't.
1: I just don't remember. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) been such a long time, and I'm. We got a a break. We'll get to that after the break. (laughs) Stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back. Just call Royal Lab, the people who care. We do the job right, so you can sleep tight, just know when we're there. We've got the best in quality, with Lennox High Efficiency for heating and air. Just call Royal Lab, so call Royal Lab. Yeah, we'll show you we care. Service done right all day and all night. Our prices are fair. Call anytime, our estimate's free. We're number one, so now you can see. Oh, heating and air. Just call Royal Air. So don't take chances, go with the best. Number one in the North Valley, Royal Air Heating and Air Conditioning. On the web at WeCareRoyalAir.com or call us at 899 9999. welcome back to business buzz i'm harold littlejohn cpa my guest today is scott hubbard local attorney he's got he's got a lot of things going on but Let's just talk a little bit more about the Paradise Fires, because I know a lot of people have that going on in their life or someone that they know. So tell us some more about what you've been learning and what you've been seeing.
0: Well, um, since this is a Christian channel, we should probably talk about some of the Christians I've been interacting with since the fire. Um, you know, my, as your loyal listeners know, my kids go to Chico Oaks Adventist School right. here in town. And uh, it's a K through eight school, and when the kids are finished there, if they want to continue their Adventist education, the um, they go up to the Paradise Adventist Academy of right. Paradise, and um, Paradise Adventist Academy took a huge hit. I mean, they um, their church burned down, the uh, the K through five building burnt down, uh, the um, the gym suffered damage from the heat. And so these people, in addition to to having uh, their houses burned down, their school, these kids, their school was just completely devastated. And so when they uh, when they came down, they went to the um, they went uh, they needed a place to open their school, open their doors, and the the Chico uh, Chico Oaks was more than happy to to do that for them because they had they had some extra buildings for their church. And so uh, they opened them with well, uh, open arms, but boy, there are definitely some growing pains there. Um, I I liken it to, I love my brother dearly, but if my house burned down and I was forced to live in his studio on his couch, I don't care how long or how much I love him. After three or four months, there's gonna there's gonna be some frictions. Right. But they're just you know I'm just so amazed at how well the Adventists handled this situation i mean they are they are working together uh to keep that school going and just you know everyone's pulling in and everyone's contributing where they can and it's just you know you hear about all the death there all the death 85 86 that's what they say i
1: I still i still can't believe it wasn't higher than that
0: you know i can't either and i know that that's the official but i'm I'm thinking about those people who didn't have any family, who didn't have any friends, who stayed up there, you know, and no one called and reported them missing.
1: Now, they did that sweep where they walked through and looked for all the people Remains. who passed away. Yeah. But is there a chance you might not find something in that?
0: I don't know the science, I don't know the answer to that either. Yeah, yeah. you know,
1: but Or they could have ran off and just not shown you know. up. I also thought it'd be a good opportunity
0: for someone who wanted to just disappear. <laughs> well, or or appear because, you know, you hear I don't know how much of this is true, because, you know, whenever... You, something. Well, well next, you know, I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard my opening story. <laughs> yeah, the CIA. Yeah, right. They started it. It wasn't PG&E. Um, no, you hear about uh, people taking buses to Chico and claiming to be refugees, homeless people. And oh, claiming to, get to, be, fe-
1: to get FEMA money or yeah, something? Yeah,
0: and, you know, staying in shelters, and, mm. I, you know, you hear stories about that, but... How much of that is true? Whenever I hear something like that, I'm always, maybe there's one or two who do that, yeah. but I never believe I'm, I'm, something like I that. Don't know. That's just, I like to believe in the good in people. And, you know, the only people who I think were better equipped for this disaster than the Adventists were the, the Mormons.
1: Now, did the Advent, <laughs> does the Adventist school in
0: Paradise still have some of their buildings? You know, a lot of their buildings are still standing. And they talk about reopening the school. But it hasn't
1: been reopened. There's no reopening yet.
0: So. Well, no. And that's, let's think about, let's think this through. Because right now, if you, anyone who's been up to Paradise. And, but there's nobody up there right now, hardly. There's contractors. It is one of the busiest places. If you ever stand on Skyway and just watch the contractors go through nonstop, I mean, there's a lot of people trying to get that city back on its feet. And it's really impressive to watch. But it's going to take time, right? And so uh, let's assume that the they get the water and the power and the internet up, so they are a fully functioning school. It's a school with no neighborhood. You know, a lot of the Adventist families who were sent, who were living in Paradise, they were forced to move along with everyone else, right? And they may so, not even be in Chico area anymore, right? And right. so the question is: Okay, you can open the school. Do you want to send your kids, drive your kids? ten minutes up there every day to go to the school, or is it better to have them go in Chico where everyone's currently living and wait for the residential community to to catch back up. Right. You know, and that's a that's a difficult question that they're they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to solve for themselves.
1: Now for someone whose house didn't burn but might have smoke damage, are you familiar with that? Oh, Does your house have that? God yeah. <laughs> you know
0: what? I became a <laughs> Funny you should mention that. I became... Because I know you don't smoke. I don't. And, well, hams? No, I... Um, that's when people come through. I've been doing a lot of pro bono work for people who uh, who have been displaced with the fire. And Pro
1: bono means he's not charging.
0: Yeah. And so for those people who take the time to sit down and talk with me, they all say the same thing. Their house is fine, but the insurance company's giving them the runaround. Now, bear in mind, not all insurance companies are like that, and not all insurance adjusters are like that. And if you're talking to a lawyer about it, it means you're you're unhappy. So I I typically get the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are complaining about how uh, the ones that come to me are complaining about uh, smoke damage, mm-hmm. and that's that's where uh, smoke gets into your your home. And starts permeating through your walls mm-hmm. and into your carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a, a quite a bit of research on this material based on on my own experience because we were gone for ten days. The power was out for two. When the power clicked back on, our house was filled with smoke. And when the power clicked back on, the AC and the Ble- heater it blew it everywhere, and the HVAC just started sending a smoke everywhere through my house. So you know rooms that. You wouldn't expect to have a smoky smell. All of them had a smoky smell. And you wouldn't expect to have ash. All of them had ash. I wasn't anywhere near the fire, but I jokingly told people my house smelled like an ashtray and a chimney. It was just awful. And then when you start researching more about what gets affected by a uh, a fire and when, synthetics, you're talking like uh, uh, furniture or carpets or mattresses, some clothes, if they can't be professionally dry cleaned, they get that smoky smell within the first uh, uh, hours to days, let's say days on the outside. That's never going away. And you had
1: eight days where you couldn't get back eight in. Eight days where you couldn't when the, get back when in. When the power
0: was back nope. on. And so, you know, it's just all that smoke going through your house nonstop. The walls turn yellow. My walls turned yellow. I mean, did anybody
1: think about the fact that maybe they shouldn't have put the power on until everybody was able to go back up there and in case somebody had a iron sitting on the ironing board or something?
0: You know, I'm I'm sure that's a concern for PG&E, but, um, you know, they've got to get the power back on and they had fixed amount of time to do it because everyone's evacuated. They needed to get the people back into their house. Right. People were getting antsy. I mean, I don't think anyone remembers how truly antsy people were getting.
1: Now, the other thing is the uh, Paradise itself is, if I remember, it's the largest metropolitan area without a sewer system. Yeah. So the whole town (laughs) has— How you even remember that? I'm a a master of trivia.
0: Do you know how much they say it's going to cost to bring it up there?
1: That's what I'm—
0: asking 12 million. 10 to 12 million. And and
1: that would only cover the business end of Skyway and Clark. It wouldn't be the entire community, is that right? See, I don't know the what I heard them mention it would cover the main business areas. You know,
0: that is that is the straight jacket that has always limited Paradise's development because right. they didn't have a sewer system. Right. So, you're stuck with small houses, septic tanks and leach lines. Right. And so it's really hard to grow as a community when you have that's that. a
1: limitation that right. is a
0: problem you know without having the poop backing
1: up I also I also heard there was a lot of houses up there that when the septic failed they just had to basically scrap the whole place and not do it with a permit because there was no way to do it properly without spending like 40 grand <laughs> on a house that's worth 60 you know
0: you know I don't know about that but I had a friend this is a true story no, again no names. He had uh, he he had a contractor come up to to inspect his house, and they said, "You know what? You got some major problems here. We're looking at eighty-five thousand dollars. Your roof's coming in. Your, you know, the walls—it's it's just mold. You got all these problems." He's thinking to himself, "Where am I going to get money for this? This house bring down the next week." Wow! So we'll
1: come back to that after the break. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. We'll be right back with Scott Hubbard. Hang on.
0: our show. I'm Scott Alred. I'm Ben Taney. And I'm Matt Four. This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour
1: designed for the community and brought to you
0: by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230, Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. Carbon 14. In coal?
1: This is Ken Ham, an author of the children's book series called The Answers Books for Kids. Those who believe in an old Earth say it took millions of years to produce all the coal we have today. Now, scientists often use carbon-14 dating to date once living things they believe are tens of thousands of years old. But carbon-14 decays quickly. Anything supposedly older than about 90,000 years shouldn't have any carbon-14 left in it. But scientists have discovered carbon-14 in coal deposits. This coal can't be millions of years old, or all the carbon-14 would be gone. The Bible gives us a true age for coal. Most of the deposits formed during the flood about 4,000 years ago. Listen to this program again or view a transcript when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com. You'll discover answers to questions of the age of the earth at AnswersRadio.com. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction, but piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for real life answers. You're listening to Life Radio, KKXX AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I wanted to mention here where I'm having a seminar on Wednesday, January 23rd. It's at Unwind Kitchen and Bar on Mangrove Avenue where the old blockbuster was. And it's going to educate everybody who needs to find out more about the law and the tax law regarding fire damage and what's called involuntary conversions. So remember, October 23rd at 6 p.m., you can buy your tickets at the door. I hope to see you there. And if you have any questions, you can call me. My office is 895-3353. I'd be happy to answer your questions. So, Scott, we were on the subject of, like, well, what about now smoke damage and it ruins all your furniture and carpets? Some insurance companies have been pretty liberal with the money, I understand, but some
0: haven't. It's been my understanding, too. The people who have had everything destroyed. They've I, been taken care of pretty you know, well. You can't really argue over, you know, if you have a molten slab where your house used to be, it's hard for the insurance company to argue replacement value. Right. You know, it is what it is. But where the problems arise is with smoke damage. And, right. And... Uh,
1: I also heard, now tell me if I'm right, if you don't have any visible damage to the house itself... Then you're more in trouble proving some other, like the smoke. I mean, I yes. heard somebody say that, like if there was a, a scorched
0: wall, it would help when you go to do the insurance. You know, yes and no. Smoke damage is one of the hardest things to uh, to prove. And if you're an insurance company and looking at billions of dollars worth of losses, uh, smoke damage that's where you're going to fight your fight because that's where it's it's subjective. You know, when I uh, when our house burned um or not burned excuse me got smoke damage we had a bunch of the yellowing on our our walls and the cobwebs came up and you smell the smoke and the adjuster comes up says i don't smell anything you know what are you gonna <laughs> that's as subjective as it gets you know what are you gonna say yes you do no you don't or uh another problem this is what the um this is what the the uh, studies i've seen is when the fire goes through it heats up the wall and it heats up the air And so all the pores in the wood open. And so that smoke, it goes through these open pores into the wall cavities, into the interior wall cavities. So uh, then it closes. So uh, on days when it gets hot or on days with excessive temperature, heat, or excessive humidity, those pores open again. And so a house that hadn't didn't smell like smoke before suddenly out comes the smoke stench again. Right. And so that's a big problem in places like Chico and Paradise, which both have high humidity and uh well it's quite just, a bit of heat. Yeah. Quite a bit of heat in the right. summertime. So, you know, the only thing you can really do to to protect against it is document it, get a, a contractor out there to uh figure out what it's gonna cost to to fix the, the damage. And uh, shoot it off to your insurance company. Say, "Hey, here's the pictures of my yellow walls. Here's the picture of uh, the smoke webs, which are apparently this little black uh, pattern that forms on the tops, uh, on the corners of ceilings and walls. It looks like a spider web, but it's actually smoke." Oh wow! You know, here is the uh, finish on our uh, the finish on our uh, fixtures. That's another problem. Within days. It starts eating away at your fixtures, eating away at your silver. Uh, that's not going away. Right. The paint smell's not going to go away. The only way to get uh, smoke out of the cavity is to tear the wall out. And you cannot, um, you can't get smoke smell out of insulation. So if you have insulation, you, have to replace it, basically. Vegan, you know, I mean, this is a really expensive fix. Right. And so when, you're, when the adjuster comes in and says, I don't smell anything, you know, it's... Right. Yeah it's what else yeah, are you gonna say it smells Wow. so <laughs> I I have to think that most adjusters are good honest people and the the ones that come one the people who come to the lawyer are the ones that are having the rare exception
1: right. what do you think about these ones called private adjusters who charge nine percent or whatever you know I've heard some bad stories but then I've heard some good ones so. I've
0: I've heard it too and for nine percent. If you don't have to deal with the insurance company, I don't have that problem. I, if I have a problem with my insurance company, I send them a letter on law office letterhead. Right. But for someone who doesn't have it, it would probably be a cheaper yeah. fix than hiring a lawyer. I did know.
1: hear a quick story about one, and this supposedly happened in Paradise. One of those adjusters got a hold of a 95-year-old fire victim, walked her, had her sign up the papers as soon as she signed the papers, he walked her over to the state farm tent and said, Okay, you're good from here. Oh. <laughs> that's what I heard. Whether that's true or not, that's what I heard. You know, I'm wondering if that's not like
0: the homeless people. Right. That it's are like urban buses. legend. You yeah, know, yeah. everyone hears the story, but no one knows it's right, true. Right. <laughs> Oh well, any case, what else is new, my well, friend? Well what
1: else is new now? You have a project of the restored historical home the, in Chico.
0: The Gothic House. The Are Gothic you referring house. to the Gothic house, yes, my I am. friend? I couldn't remember the exact title. The house that we saw it in half and drove down the street like a Bacardi. Was it Bacardi that had the house going down the street, that commercial? Uh, you know what?
1: I see so many commercials I just can't can't oh. remember.
0: You know, that's for For listeners who don't remember it, about two years ago, my brother and I, well, two years ago, there was a house, and it was uh, 133 years old. It was on Fifth and Ivy, and it had seen better days. Now, the owner wanted to save the house, but... um, Fifth and Ivy, right there near Riley's? Yeah. I mean, well, Kitty Corner. Okay. And so it was, uh, you know, a couple of doors down. Yeah, but right near there. Yeah. And so the owner wanted to save the house, but he also wanted to develop it, because anyone who knows Chico knows Fifth and Ivy That's one. a hot spot. That's a hot spot. If you Literally looked... when they burn couches. <laughs> that was <laughs> 1980-something. Well, I've, I've been around a while. <laughs> <laughs> Good, you're dating yourself. So any case, he wanted to save it, and he and in the historical society, just- her heritage association chico heritage association they just begged anyone to take this house the owner even volunteered to chip in money to move it and no one wanted it and so my brother and i we got this um, we called them up and we had an empty lot uh sandwiched in between chapman town and highway 99 right i mean prime I mean, real you estate can see it <laughs> from the freeway yeah and so uh we we made the arrangements and we uh cut this house in half. First we had to get the garbage out of it. And I've never been in an actual crack house before, but my friend, that was kind of kind of like a episode of Hoarders. No, no. No, no. No, 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 no. no. Worse kind, than that? Uh it had a a sink in a bathtub filled with foulness. Oh. To put it politely. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was a foot of garbage yeah. and Drugs and needles, bottles filled with, uh, alcohol and urine. I mean, it was, uh, my brother and our contractor, I was the only one brave enough to go in or dumb enough to go in on that first day when we, we went through it, but we hired a crew to clean it out and we sawed it in half and we put it on the, on a pallet and we're on a a flat flat bed. bed and we moved it to two and a half miles to our lot. We put it down and we, we fixed it up and um now it is just absolutely beautiful you know if you and it's actually listed now for sale it is we weren't going to do it you know we, we my brother who oversaw the entire project he poured his heart and soul into this into this home i mean it he he concentrated on every little detail i mean he he put more money in it than it was worth it was he put in at least above market value at the time. Right. Uh, Just for all those niceties, uh, uh, hardwood hardwood floor, adding an extra bathroom, just maintaining all the original characteristics, the little gingerbreads, uh, which were the little crosses on the outside, which is part of the the whole Gothic style. Because a lot of people don't understand that this was, when we call it the last Gothic house, this is the last Gothic house in Northern California. This was an entire style when it was built in the 100 uh, Gothic Revival period. When it was developed in 133 years ago, sort of like talking 1880s, 1800s, right? Uh, you know, this was the the style. It was the Gothic Revival. People were building houses like this, and then you know, styles go out of fashion. Houses get torn down because you know, construction back then wasn't wasn't up to today's standards. And so uh, this was the last one. And to lose it, you know, individuals are defined by their histories and communities are defined by their histories too. And to lose this house that stood at this key intersection of Chico, this historical home, it would have lost something as a community. We would have lost something as a community. That's something that never would have been replaced. And so when we saw it, it wasn't a question of saving when you literally saw
1: it, you saw yeah. it. Saw it <laughs> when we
0: saw it. It was it wasn't a question of, of how we were gonna save it. It was a go- question of how much was it gonna cost us. Right. And so, you know, we would have wound up taking a bath on it. But then uh, Chico's then uh, paradise Campfire hit paradise, and
1: so now the values have skyrocketed. Values as everybody of, knows, I think.
0: Yeah, and so our our I don't want to say homeless population, but let's just say the market for homes in Chico right went from two thousand to thirty thousand literally overnight. Right, I mean anyone who within earshot of this station knows how difficult it is to find a place to live uh, in Chico much less in Oroville, Orland, Willows, Live Oak, Yuba City. I mean, you hear stories about people. I spoke with someone at the gas pump today. He had a, um, he's living in Sutter, which is outside of Yuba City.
1: I have a client still in a motel in Sacramento because it was their best option when they escaped with their
0: lives barely out of paradise. And so here we have this home and will we like to keep it? Yes. It's a, it's a wonderful home. Uh, we put a lot of love into it. It's, it's, you know, sitting on this, this really nice big lot with four trees in the
1: front. How many square feet is the house? I've been like
0: 1500. Wow. I mean, hardwood floors. I mean, I hate to talk up this house, but well, yeah, it's just, what's the
1: address. Maybe someone wants to drive by. I honestly don't know. Uh, the I knew you wouldn't know but as soon as I said <laughs> it, I thought he's not going to know that. But I it's can, on the MLS, I right? I can tell you that if you what drive... What
0: street's is it on? Is it, it Will Street? If you drive by down Highway 99 and look to the right on Highway 32... You can't miss it. You I've can't miss it. it. It's the big, giant White House right. surrounded by <laughs> four trees. All right. And it is just... Is, is it commercial? you yep. are doing a little we're, commercial. Oh, we're going to be stop. right
1: back, <laughs> and we'll be right back with a little more uh, interesting conversation with Scott Hubbard. Stay tuned. news that Clorina and Sludge have been captured for impersonating spring water. Let's now go to our field reporter, Paul wet Once again, Bob the Drop saves the world from fake water and... Oh, here's Bob now. Bob, do you have anything to say? Well, Clorina and Sludge from Tapopolis are the worst. Why would you want wannabe water when you can have the best tasting water delivered right to your door?
0: Anyone can get Mount Shasta Spring Water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227.
1: Pure and simple. Naturally the best. Mount Shasta Spring Water. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores, and at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent
0: wildfires
1: welcome back to business buzz i'm harold littlejohn cpa i want to remind you again wednesday the 23rd unwind kitchen and bar on mangrove in the old blockbuster location 6 p.m we're going to learn all about tax law for fire victims 49 dollars for a four-star meal and the net proceeds will go to a campfire charity. I'm here with Scott Hubbard, and we're going to talk a little bit in this last segment about the, drumroll please, federal government shutdown. How's it affecting your side of the of the ocean?
0: Just couldn't resist that. Could you? I had to do it. <laughs> um, you know what? The federal courts, I do federal litigation mostly. And so the federal courts uh, have had uh, some money socked away that they're... I don't know if people are still putting money in socks anymore. I'm sure you could do a article on that.
1: Well, you know that does remind <laughs> me that uh, I called this one. I told this one guy he was a two-bit actor, and he hit
0: me with a sock full of quarters. That's awful. Okay. You're not allowed to tell anymore. Continue, Scott. So any case, the federal courts, they did a pretty good job for the longest time, but now they're running out of money just like everyone else. So they've
1: been on some kind of reserve funding for three and a half weeks or something?
0: I guess, however long, however long it's been since December 22nd.
1: I'm surprised courts aren't considered a crucial
0: part of the government. Yeah, well, does that really matter? I mean, having someone work for free is not paying someone... And laying them off and furloughing them is bad. Making them work for free, I don't know if that's better or worse. Cause no, no.
1: I believe that the 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 part of the, for instance, in, in the IRS side of things, the customer service, the place where you can go talk to somebody, that's all closed and it's really making it hard for some of my clients. But the ones behind the scenes that are considered, like the ones running the e-file computers and everything that are getting ready to go, they are still getting
0: paid. Yeah. Yeah. Hold oh, they're getting paid? Well, the
1: ones that are still working. The ones that aren't
0: getting paid are the ones that are furloughed. No, the people still working. They're working. They're not getting paid. Haven't you seen like the news shows where people are showing that? No, no, those they're... are the ones that are not working. No, the, there's, there's the ones who are working and the ones who aren't. Neither of them are getting paid. Well, they will get paid. The last shutdown they did end up paying. They will them.
1: eventually get paid. They but, even paid the ones who didn't work. But, but
0: here's here's the problem. You is, may know
1: more about this than me, so I don't want to act like an expert.
0: What's the um no one's seeing an end game here? And that's that's the real the real big problem, because the last time we had this big huge shutdown, which was in Ronald Reagan's time, if memory serves, you know, eventually there was an end game. It was twenty-one days till the end. We're twenty-four, 24, 25 and we don't even we don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel and that really bothers me.
1: Well, you know, since we don't argue politics on business buzz, we really can't get into oh. too much more on that. <laughs> yeah, we can't.
0: Well, it, you know,
1: it's all even, I can tell you is when there's when there's trillions and trillions flying around between all these big banks but nobody can spare an extra 5 billion for somebody's
0: project. How about this, can we blame both sides? That's exactly what I'm getting to. I was, you know, I'm I tell people I am the most conservative liberal Democrat they're ever going to meet. And I honest and truly mean it because I I think the liberal Democrats are right about everything, but I love hanging out with the conservative Republicans. The conservative (laughs) Republicans are just some of the nicest, friendliest people you're ever going to meet. And so when I see situations like this, I think to myself, I'm a liberal Democrat, I have lots of conservative Republicans. We don't agree on everything, but we agree on a lot.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I see both types of people every day, and I I can see their side on both. And I really feel like everything you do in life, you have to compromise.
0: Yeah. So, okay, Trump wants a wall. The Democrats Democrats don't want to give it to him. Okay, I get that. How about a fence? You know? We'll give you $5 million. And you billion. Can, $5 billion, and you can use some of that money for a fence. You know, it's not a wall, but you can put it up. it's cheaper. it can be more effective in some places. Uh, what are you Trump now you're gonna have to give the Democrats something because they're offering something for it's not going to be a wall, but you're not going to want to give com- them. everybody's got a compromise. compromise I can't know?
1: believe they don't understand
0: that. And I I get the Democrats not wanting to deal with anyone other than Trump publicly because uh, from what you hear, from the back negotiations between Mike Mike Pence, the uh, VP, and uh, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell really got burned. Uh, where Mike Pence said Donald Trump will support this, and then Donald Trump didn't, and so Mitch McConnell's now at the point where he's saying I'm not going to do anything until I know the president's got going right. to sign off on right. it, and I get that too. You know, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. Right. So everyone's waiting for uh, President Trump to, to, you know, offer something. And should he have to? No, I think that border security is uh, something that's really important to uh, Americans as a whole. I think as a nation, we need to protect our borders. But there's smart ways to do it, and there are not smart ways to do it. Well, cost-effective ways to do it, and not cost-effective ways to do it. And I think that if you can uh, build a wall in some places where it's cost-effective and helps with security, build the wall. I'm okay with that. If there are places building a wall in the middle of a desert where people don't cross, you know.
1: Where cameras might do the job or something. Yeah,
0: or drones or electronic surveillance or uh, people on foot or uh, people in cars, you know, something like that. Here's something. What do you say we create an effective... uh, uh, this was Ronald Reagan's uh, plan, create an economic um, uh, worker program where you come in, where workers come in, they're not citizens, but they get the right to work. And that would solve so much of the problem because how many of the people- That's all they want to do. Mainly they come exactly. up here to work and send their money home. 95% of them want a job. And that's one of the, or better life for themselves. Right. I, you know, work hard, make a better life for them and the, their children. I get that. If we could have an economic incentive program or an economic uh, uh, program where people come in and work, you're not going to be citizens. You're not going to have all the benefits of citizenship. You'll have to pay taxes, but you can stay here and work. The illegal flow of immigrants across the border would go to a trickle because at that point, the only people going, if they don't have to... Be the ones that want to work. ...are the ones ones who don't want to work, the criminals. No, that's what what I'm saying. The
1: ones who want to work could come work, Everybody else would be the people that we don't want.
0: Yeah. And that just seems like such. Ronald Reagan had this idea back in the, the 80s. And, you know, for the life of me, I can't understand why we didn't implement it then. And I don't understand why we. I mean, I do understand, but it's a jaded. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. It's, you I, know? <laughs> it's like I always have to remind myself not to get political on business buzz because yeah. I got so many opinions. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They, they
0: go all over the place. But to answer your question, federal courts are fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they will
1: be shutting down. Is that you know? I, you have like scheduled okay, trials.
0: Here's something that's political, but not in the Republican Democrat. Under the Constitution, you have a right to a speedy trial. That's you true. have the right to. Uh, they can't just arrest you and lock you away. Right. What happens if if uh, the courts are all if closed? The courts are all closed. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, so here you have someone. They get arrested. Uh, the the worker, uh, the guards, the marshals. They're going to have to show up. They're not going to be paid for that. No one's getting paid.
1: Could it be that the criminal would have to be stayed open, but the civil could be dealt with differently? That
0: might be it. That yeah. might have to. That might have to be it. And then another uh, question is: judges are um, appointed under Article Three of the Constitution.
1: I didn't know anybody still used constitutional
0: ideas anymore, but that's just me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So, well, I'm a constitutional lawyer, too. No, I know you are. I'm I'm talking
1: about the, in (laughs) Uh, general.
0: Article 3 of the United States Constitution says that uh, federal judges are appointed for life based on, uh, uh, was it nominated by the... uh, And approved by the Senate. Consent, Advice and consent of the Senate. Um, If you are an Article 3 judge, you can't not pay Article 3 judges under the Constitution. They're appointed, so you're going to have to pay them. But what about their clerks? What about their staff? Is it uh, can you strip an, a judge of the support staff and still pay them? And is it still justice? And
1: does he right? Does he have to do
0: uh, all that? And that's that's what this this uh, uh, when you distill this shutdown to its essence, can the federal government still do justice if we're not paying people that hmm. um, you know? No one's inspecting food. Well, now they are because people are complaining. No one's uh, working at the IRS. Now they are because people are
1: complaining. I thought about when I flew on, on an airplane yesterday. Is there anybody in the tower? <laughs> people <laughs> right. were complaining. Or are, we, or are we just winging it?
0: <laughs> you know, everyone complains about the federal government until the federal government shuts down. Right, until they need something. Until they need something. Till yeah. they need their food inspected. Till they need uh, FEMA money until they need small business loans, until they need their IRS refunds, until they need, I you know, again, Liberal Democrat. I love the government. When I also, for those of you who don't know, I also own gas stations. I own uh, three Arco stations. And, um, you know, no one has, and you do not know government intrusion until you own a gas station, because they regulate the groundwater. They regulate the gasoline in your tanks. They regulate the cigarettes you sell, the alcohol you sell. I am regulatory tickets the lottery tickets the employees I am regulated up one side and down the other and I still love the love the government because when when something gets on fire I call they come and they put it out when uh someone's making a scene or threatening one of my employees I call 911 and the cops show up you know people visit my station traveling on roads that the federal government, well, federal and state government, let's just say government provided. Right. And so... Uh, it's
1: a compromise.
0: You know, it is. And when the government... Should it be everywhere? Of course not. You know, there's some personal aspects of our lives. And that's, as a society, that's the where we're having this this discussion. But liberals and Democrats, you know, nine we agree on so much, 97% of everything, you know, Republicans love police, so do Democrats. Republicans love firefighters, so do Democrats. I love roads, so do Republicans. we got to be able to agree as a nation. You know, compromise. Do I agree with the wall? No, but I'm willing to compromise. Put in a fence. Put in a, you know, we can do broader security. There's some kids who are over here, uh, the DACA kids, the Dreamers, you know, these are kids who are over here, who grew up here. They're as American as you and me. No fault of their own. Can't we throw them a bone too? Compromise.
1: You know, that, that's something that I think about a lot. All of the people that I know, mainly regular people, 90% of them would be able to compromise. They could work things out. If, if me and everybody I knew was in the Congress, this whole country would be great. There's something <laughs> wrong with the people at the
0: top, and I'm not sure what it is. I am. It's uh, through gerrymandering, the only people they have to worry about is getting, pr- they, they get primaried. You know, you never, if you're too far to the middle and you're in a Democrat district, then some left, someone to the left of you will come in and they'll, and they'll. Right. So it's kind of rigged. And the same with the right. So right. you never get these middle people anymore. Right. They're gone. It's just. Kind of like the middle class. You're looking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you can do a seminar on that. Too. What happened <laughs> yeah, in the middle yeah, class? Yeah, right. I'd blame the CIA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CIA, they're funding venture capital and stealing the middle class. Right. Although, Sadly, I don't think that's far from the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, really, the bottom line is compromise would probably work. And I would imagine
0: at some point it'll happen.
1: Something's got to give here.
0: Always the optimist. <laughs> right. I, you know, I hope. I hope, I pray. It's a Christian station, so I can say that. That's I, right. I pray that um, that the politicians listen to their better angels and decide that, you know what, Democrats, give Trump an out. You know, he Okay, he boxed himself in. You don't want to give Trump a win and give him a wall. You know what? You never put an opponent in a position where they have to fight to the death. Right, you never put them with their back to the wall. Always give them an out. And Trump needs to remember that about the Democrats. Right, the Democrats. If you demand that the Democrats cave, they're not going to cave. They just aren't. Right. They're they're just as stubborn as you, Trump. Believe me, I know. I'm one of them. So you know, Trump, you have to remember. I don't know if he's listening. I suppose that the government listens to everything on this. Well, actually, it will be stored in the <laughs> in, in the big data bank. <laughs> you know, and so Trump, if you're listening, give. Give the Democrats something so that they can save face too. you know, compromise, work things out. Maybe it's DACA. I've heard so many people say trade wall funding for DACA. It was on the table once before. I don't have a problem with
1: that. I thought somebody said they were willing to work with that. I don't, I haven't followed it closely enough. It's
0: a number of years, uh, last year, uh, there was a deal on the table with, um, uh, Twenty million dollars in wall funding at, for in exchange for daca if memory serves and then uh, trump backed out at the at the
1: end so scott before we end our segment here
0: give us a quick uh contact for you uh, uh for those of you who want to speak with me or uh...
1: KKXX,
0: Paradise, K280GL, Chico,
1: and K283AR.
0: From townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. A massive fire engulfed the upper reaches of Paris' soaring Notre-Dame Cathedral as it was undergoing renovations Monday, threatening one of the greatest architectural treasures of the Western world as tourists and Parisians looked on aghast from the streets below. Paris's fire chief says the structure of Notre-Dame Cathedral in Paris has been saved, even as a fire continues to rage. There are still crowds lining the River Seine, looking across at the reduced fire-ravaged structure that's been, for
1: more than 800 years, a defining symbol of this city. And what's striking...